gifted singer-songwriter, Ken Will Morton's musical journey has taken him from Hartford, Connecticut to the musically vibrant scene of Athens, Georgia. Like most journeys, Ken's had no shortage of bumps in the road and interesting twists and turns, yet he still manages to keep coming back around. His first major foray into the music world came in 1998 when his band Wonderless released their debut EP entitled The Frailties of Life, which was followed by a full-length release in 1999. The band experienced some success and had a stint on the Vans Warp Tour, but would soon disband. I don't carry around much dead weight these days Since I quit the job of trying to please everyone Ken spent the next few years as a sideman, playing with the likes of former Guadalcanal Diary frontman Murray Attaway and with the band The Indicators. Even though he would gain much from these experiences, his true ambition was still to be a full-time touring musician. The spring of 2004 saw Ken leave The Indicators and shortly after released his first solo album entitled Rock and Roll's Hands, which captured the attention of critics nationwide. March of 2006, Ken released his sophomore solo album, The King of Coming Around, and continues to impress critics and fans alike with his honest lyrics and engaging live performances. And now let's head to the Artist Interchange with Ken Will Morton. My name is Andy Pulliam and uh, we are here at the Artist Interchange with Ken Will Morton. Ken, I'm glad you could take some time to talk to us here. No problem, Andy. Just from hearing your lyrics, both in recording and live set, there's this, you know, and also it seems to be one of the most common things I read about you is just how honest the lyrics are. They come from, a, you know, a really place of passion and to me, that would seem like uh, the ultimate compliment that a songwriter could get. Oh, thank you, Andy. <laughs> That's sweet. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. Well, it, it's not a problem, man. You know, is there a certain method that you employ to be able to reach that place where you can put forth, you know, the no, honesty? No, it's just a, just a mystery. <laughs> sometimes you get inspired. Sometimes you burn out. But, uh... Sometimes it just flows and flows. Pen starts writing for me. When you first started writing, is that is that something that you would envision, or did you? When I first started writing, I would just do uh, syllables that sounded good, like uh, use them, and, and a lot of them, like you know, like the, the Pixies or even some Nirvana songs, the lyrics don't really make any any sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I used to do that, but then I started consciously trying to make sense. And, in the song so people could follow it and relate to it. Okay, and so you started off almost more of a sideman. Would, would that be fair to say? Yeah. You know, you played in a lot of bands, uh, what, the Groundhogs, Wonderlust, Indicators. Yeah, yeah. And oh, man, you got all that? Hey, I, I, <laughs> I did my homework on you, Ken. 
Uh, I, I was listening to the Wanderlust record uh, we put out the other day, and we did it on uh, analog, uh, one-inch tape. But I, I was proud to hear it. I mean, I, you know, I hadn't broken it out in a while, but it's, uh, I don't even know if I can play that guitar like that anymore. How, how do you think those experiences shaped you as a songwriter? I mean, do you take, do you feel that it's something that was like a building block for you, like you built upon that? Or is that something in your mind that's entirely different now? No, it's just it's part of the growing process, you know. I'm a big believer that as people get older, they get wiser, and if they have a particular craft, you can just hone it and get better and better and better at it, so. Is that part of what, when you, when you, you know, the album name and the title track, of course, the king of coming Yeah, around. exactly. I've been through some, some garbage times, and uh, I, I, uh, Picking myself up and dusting myself off and going ahead, you know. Failure is uh, just part of life. Gotta keep going, up, going forward. All alone, only God will. On a Sunday afternoon. It's been so long since I've felt well. But I have a feeling better soon. Summer's coming on strong Forget about the winter and spring away all wrong I feel reborn today I've been lying in wait To reclaim my ground I'm a king of Being from Athens, I guess, kind of tell us a little bit about what the scene is like today. I know back in the you know, 80s is of course known for REM and and uh, the bands well, like B-52s who came out of there. Let's put it this way: every other person is in a band in Athens. Okay. okay. No, there's a there's a ton of them, and there there's so many great musicians there. It's like it's mind blowing. You can go out any night of the week and see a killer band. All right. So it's, it's almost like inundated. That's why you can't make too much dough playing Athens because they can be pick and choose, you know, who they want to play. But I love a good scene. I, I saw that you, you host a, a singer-songwriter uh, series at the, the Melting Yeah, Point. it's called Uncorked and Unplugged with Ken Will Morton. Okay. And they have uh, half-price bottles of wine, and we just get, uh, Troy Aubrey books it, but uh, we just get the songwriters that, that we like to come and just do stripped-down acoustic stuff. and. So you can get more of a uh, idea of the songwriting craft rather than just getting up there and being a ham. There's been some great acts come through there, and I love the room, and uh, I'm just grateful to have that job. So. Right. And it's on Wednesday, so if I want to tour, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights are the best nights to play out, so uh, it doesn't get in my way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. So. <laughs> right, right. And are you, are you planning anything tour-wise? right now or is it well, what I'm doing is uh, I've got a new record out and it is really loud rock and roll electric guitars I like to play lead guitar the band that I recorded it with is now defunct but I'm meeting some new guys I'm still trying to find a bass player that can sing harmonies but I think I met a drummer that that's gonna work he's, he's great so uh, what my plan is is to uh, get the band going again and just like do it See, see if magic happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if it does, we'll go 
go touring. So. Is it more comfortable for you being in a band since you've oh, done totally. it so many years? Uh, I just, I, solo shows are just kind of strange because you only have your own energy to play off or the crowds, but when you're up there as a unit, it's like you don't want to let each other down. It's, it's just more of a unified feeling. And uh, when you're up there by yourself, it, it can be great because it's intimate, but it also can be, uh, I guess, uh, just intimidating or something. I, I love playing it. I play acoustic guitar and sing for everybody all the time around Athens, just like, you know, on the back porch backyard, I would bring guitar everywhere I go. I almost enjoy busking more than playing these shows. Now that's nuts. <laughs> I am just another country bunking on the street of my dreams. I've lived on the outskirts too long and now it seems I've reached the end of my road. But I won't worry if I'm left behind Cause life's been kind of me so far You can see I'm not the brightest Star up in a bunch but there's still hope I just wanna get along with a woman Who loves my rock and roll I don't care if she's pretty as me Just as long as she's got soul Alright, so I, I've seen people call you, you know, both the vocal comparisons and even some songwriting comparisons. Oh, Cindy Lauper. That's Cindy, a big one. Oh, yeah, Cindy Lauper, I'm like sure. Cindy Lauper. <laughs> well, the first time I heard you, I, I thought that too. I thought, hey, did he, he must have co written Girls Just Want to yeah. Have Fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. But, but people. Can you hear a little share in there too? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little share, maybe a little bit of that gravelly share voice going right. on. Yeah, yeah. That must be it. Must be it. <laughs> but uh, people say things like, when they say things like Dylan, Springsteen, Paul Westerberg, how do you react when people say, you know, both your voice and your, I mean, I guess it'd be, with the voice, you got the gravelly thing going on, and, um, but how do you react when somebody makes those comparisons? Um, I think sometimes people say that didn't really give it a thorough listen. But, uh, you know, the artist you just mentioned, uh, I love and respect greatly, so, you know, if I, if I stole ideas from him, that's, uh, it's likely, you know, but, uh, uh, it's better than being compared to, you know, like, Carrot Top or something. <laughs> Very true, uh, <laughs> it, 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 were there certain... Nothing uh, wrong with Carrot Top. Well, yeah, you know, nothing against the guy, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure you got a better recording career already than I always uh, wonder what would happen if, like, uh, nobody knew who Lou Reed was and he went to audition for American Idol. Like, <laughs> would they take him? That's a good question. Well, you know, the whole... I'm a big Lou Reed fan. Oh, yeah, Lou Reed's great. I mean, I, mean, I was just going to ask you about some of the artists who really feel that shaped your musical persona or, you know, who you... Big Lou, Lou fan, and uh, the replacements I got into real, real early, so they were a big influence. And uh, the early uh, Lemonheads. Okay. I know a lot of people think Evan Dano's a... I don't know, 
people, people, he's so, like, such a good looking guy, so guys either are jealous or whatever, but they're always ragging on him, but I think he's pop genius. And, uh, of course, I listen to a lot of uh, old folk recordings, like before, uh, before it was a music business so much, before, you know, the era of video and all that crap, and it's just pure, it's like people playing on their front porch after work, that's what they do, but Smithsonian folkway recordings, okay. stuff okay. like that. And blues, I, I like some, some blues too. Okay. Is there a certain feel that you feel like you're you're still going for in your music, or do you do you feel like you're you've reached something where you feel like okay, my sound is is the way I see it in my head, or is, is it? Yeah, for the most part, it's really just all entirely up to the energy going on in your in your mind when you when you're playing. You know, whether it be a great show or lackluster, it's hard to balance it out all the time, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm actually tracking a new record at the end of this month, and it's I got these two guys that are gonna play with me, and they're just badass, great musicians, and we rehearsed a couple times. And I think, and I hope, it manifests as the best thing I've ever done. I'm still like trying to make that one record that I'm 100% proud of, and now I'll go out and promote it harder. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. In your mind, is there that perfect rock and roll record that you you put yourself up saying, "If I could make," I know some people always say the the you know, "If I could make my Sgt. Pepper, my life would be perfect." Is there an album? Yeah, to you? I'm not. I mean, I love the Beatles, but that overproduced experimental recording stuff is. I, don't, I guess maybe I don't have the patience for it. It's just I like to just get in there and, and rock and, and get it down. So. There's just so many. Uh, too many to list. But, you know, obviously, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, some of those records, like every single song on Back in Black is like a staple in rock society. So. But uh, it's always interesting when you, when you get an album by an artist that they hit you with a great, great song and they take chances and they put some really weird stuff on there that maybe you won't like but you gotta experiment oh my goodness oh my lord oh my goodness give me a sign I've been waiting all my life I've been waiting for a sign to show me which way I can stand the Have you thought about putting in some different sort of instrumentation in your... Uh... I have an Echoplex that I use on my electric guitar, and I've been doing acoustic shows a lot last six months, but I'm ready to get back on that electric guitar and just, yeah. just have some rock and roll fun. Yeah, you feel like you're more of a, a rock and roll type? Or... Yeah, I just get, you know, it's weird with acoustic guitar and voice, it's like, I don't care if you're Bob Dylan or Springsteen or whatever, after about an hour or 45 minutes, it's like there's no sonic difference, so it's just like, it's just like a, a one consistent plane of energy, I don't know. 
But uh, a rock band is obviously more dynamic to me. So. Plus, you can uh, I can express myself uh, through the guitar more when there's a band situation. So I love playing guitar. Yeah. I was a guitar player before I got into singing or songwriting. So. Right. Right. And do you feel like I mean, because a lot of your songs do transfer pretty well to acoustic guitar and. Yeah, well, that should be the barometer of a good song if you can play it on acoustic and it sounds good. But I always write on acoustic. Do you feel like there's a a certain different element that comes out when you have that electric in your hand, where you yeah, got the lyrics or definitely. maybe the... it just brings out that kid in me that just wants to rock out. Yeah, I love it. I think the first stuff that blew my mind was on uh, the the Who. I think I saw. On TV and uh, their energy. It was like from 1970, Isle of Wight or something. Yeah. But oh man, it's just primal. Rock and roll is primal. It's like it's a fine line with like you know people want to hear songs that uh, they can relate to and understand the words at certain moments. But a lot of times it's just about that the backbeat, getting your groove on. And when you combine them both, that's the ideal. I, I read a review, and I don't know how much attention you pay to your own reviews, or if that means something to you, but... Well, uh, I, I, I figure this with, with critics and writers. Uh, I think anybody could go to another person's house and look at their record collection or CD collection and see some stuff that they don't like in there. It's just everybody has different tastes, and nobody's tastes are superior to anybody's. It's, it's just like what you like. So it's weird with critics. Sometimes it's like uh, they're judging you, but it's like everybody, different strokes for different folks, man. If you don't like it, fine. Don't listen to something else. But I don't know. It's a uh, slippery slope. Yeah, this this review said it describes you as old school or what review was it? Where? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm I'm it trying wasn't to mean was it? No, it was a it was a really positive review. <laughs> um, but it said old school, older than we look, kind of thing. I think it was a band, of, you know, when you were with your band, the Holy Ghosts. Would you agree with that? Do you feel like you're kind of an old school artist, or? Yeah, yeah. I I don't really keep up with all this uh, current music, so uh, I guess I'm out of the loop with the hip factor. So just kind of see out the people that like good bare bones rock and roll. Okay, and I'm 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 trying to remember if and I apologize if it, if it's the wrong person I'm thinking of uh, looking through MySpace pages and things like that. Um, Cindy Lauper again. <laughs> Cindy Lauper again. I think yeah. she's in your top uh, friends no. list. But uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to remember. It's, it seemed like there was some uh, some really old school jazz. Well, yeah, or, no, there's uh, a uh, the, the, the Charlie Patton. Charlie Patton, right, right, right. His music is so primal, it's just a feeling. You can't even hardly understand the words, but 
it's so inspiring to hear that stuff. It's pure. And uh, I love Tampa Red. He's a slide guitar player from back then. I just like uh, that older, older stuff is something special that in this day and age, I don't think you, you could get a vibe like that. I don't know. Of course, these guys recorded on these really rich recordings and end up on vinyl and, and things like that, or, you know, the basic, you know, even before that, the wax imprints right. and things like that. Do you think the music has lost anything with the way it is now? Uh, say, you know, everything's well, A lot of it is overthought, and, uh, you know, there's that whole area where they want to make people dance, and it's like catchiness, you're just like, Hook, where's the hook? Where's the hook? They beat people over the head with the hook, you know. So even uh, you might not even like the song, but eventually it's in your head and you're singing it in your head or something. You hear it. It's like it's weird going to the grocery store or something. You're playing some songs that you've heard a hundred million times. Yeah, I think some songs need to be re just retired. But there's a you know new new. Youngins coming up all the time, so they need to hear it. So, so in, in terms of songs that you've written and that you've played and things like that, is are there ones that that you say to yourself, this was a a really good Ken Will Morton song? Next oh yeah, song. there's definitely ones that I'm, I'm prouder of than others. I, like when I have to play a show where I play like three hours, uh, I play a wide variety. But there's definitely you know some I. I have songs spot for. Okay, do you think there's like a, a common thread that runs through the ones that you're most proud of? I mean, what makes those yeah, songs? Yeah, it's just uh, overcoming adversity and perseverance. And, you know, it's a cold, cruel world, or it can be. And just you know, keep that state of mind, keep yourself going. And when, you, when you're in the right state of mind, good things happen. If you're in a bad state of mind, bad things happen. So. But, you know, I'm a guitar player and I sing, so most, most people that do that are pretty much nuts. Uh, yeah. uh, do you include yourself in that? Uh... I'm a nutty guy, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Ken. I, I really appreciate that you, once again, that you took the time to sit down and no problem, talk Andy. with us. Enjoy your music and best of luck to you. Thank you, Andy. If you could see the blank look on your face, maybe you would recognize the look of someone disgraced in the world. Believe me, 
understand there's always something else anyone can lose. So don't be so selfish and don't accuse anyone of anything you can't prove. Say if I really loved you, I could have found a better way to show it. But instead, I always ruin a beautiful moment. What's happening? This is Alex for Fundamental Records, and today we're going to bring you a little bit of music news and new releases. So in the immortal words of Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. Chicago icons KMFDM continue to re-release their albums with Symbols and Adios, their final studio album. Each CD, released in 97 and 99 respectively, has been digitally remastered and includes a booklet featuring the original album art, extensive liner notes, lyrics for each song, never-before-seen photos of the band, and more. All re-releases were supervised under KMFDM leader and founder Sasha K. Murder. Suicide. Intrigue. No, not the Anna Nicole Smith story, but the much more talented Smith, the late, great Elliot Smith. A producer friend of Elliot Smith's gathered a bunch of outtakes and b-sides and will release a double disc called New Moon. The exact cause of Elliot Smith's death has never been found. Are they rap? Are they metal? Are they relevant? New School Rockers Linkin Park release a CD DVD called Minutes to Midnight, and I only hope it's that long until I never, ever have to hear them again. New York hip-hop duo Mob Deep released Best in the Business. Mob Deep released their epical debut album The Infamous in 1995 to rave reviews. The Queen of Doom and Gloom, Tori Amos, releases her first studio album in two years with American Doll Posse. Self-obsessed teenage girls everywhere will rejoice and then cry for hours in their rooms alone. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club released Baby 81, their follow-up to their 2005 hit album, Howl. BRMC will be on tour May and June with openers, The Horrors. Dinosaur Jr. released Beyond, their first album in almost 10 years. Dinosaur Jr., one of the first bands to jumpstart the grunge movement, had been a key influence in Nirvana developing their sound. So if there's anyone to blame, 
Paula Abdul has seen a resurgence in her career the past few years with Judging American Idol that she's handling perfectly with a mixture of Xanax, Jack Daniels, and young male contestants. Paula's new hit compilation will be called Straight Up Greatest Hits, and it'll be the first time in recorded history where an album will be filled with complete silence. Chicago Boys Wilco released their seventh album, Sky Blue Sky. Metal God's Megadeth's new album will be called United Abominations, which can only be in reference to ABC's daytime hit show, The View. Lead singer of the great Irish band Cranberries, Dolores O'Riordan will release her first album entitled Are You Listening? Eh, honestly, sweetheart, not really. Man Giant motivational speaker Tony Robbins' new audiobook will be called Find Your True Gift, Three Paths to Maximizing Impact in Your Career. And to summarize it, all of it has to do with being a man giant. The godfather, <clears throat> excuse me, the grandfather of metal, Ozzy Osbourne's new album will be called Black Rain. And remember, there's a reason why they dump water on them at concerts. Let your imagination run wild, kids. Supergroup Velvet Revolver released their new album called Libertad, which is Spanish for freedom. If we can get freedom from another Velvet Revolver album and get Duff, Izzy, and Slash to hook up with Axl Rose for a Guns N' Roses reunion tour, then we can finally go to sleep happy. Lollapalooza will go off in Grant Park August 3rd through the 5th with headliners Pearl Jam. Other bands on the bill include Daft Punk, Ben Harper, Muse, Iggy and the Stooges, Modest Mouse, Interpol, My Morning Jacket, Perry Farrell's new band Satellite Party, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Snow Patrol, and Kings of Leon. Tickets for the three-day event will cost $1 billion. I'm Alex for Fundamental Records. See you next month. Without a doubt, as technology changes and progresses, the music business, too, changes. Models of success for bands and labels in the heyday of radio and record sales no longer apply to the complex and constantly changing music business of the 21st century. This got me thinking, has the music fan of the 21st century changed as well? Certainly part of what drives the changes within the business is the demands of those who buy music. It was once that you listened to the radio, heard a band that you liked, bought the album, maybe told a few friends, or maybe they told you, and when they were in town you saw them live. Maybe you bought a concert t-shirt, subscribed to the artist's fan club, bought magazines that said anything about them. It's not exactly that way anymore, but how different is it? If you listen to what the major labels say about today's fan, you might believe that they are a much more fickle, greedier, and supremely uninterested lot of thieves. They say people just have too many other options for entertainment than they used to. They say that people don't go out to see shows anymore like they once did. They say that illegal downloading is killing record sales, and therefore killing the industry as a whole. There is a certain amount of truth to every single one of those statements. However, on the whole, they miss the big picture. Yes, there are more options for entertainment, but music is a constant. Some teenagers may or may not still like video games in 10 years, but chances are they will still be listening to music. Yes, concert ticket sales are unpredictable, but with how expensive seeing big-name acts can be, I know that while maybe I'm disappointed not to see them live, I just can't shell out that type of money every time my favorite bands come around. And yes, the issues surrounding illegal downloading persist. I agree that illegal downloading is wrong and ultimately cheats the artists out of deserved revenue, but it's there. And if a penniless music fan has a choice between paying high prices for a new release or going out and seeing an act live, they will often turn to the easy solution of illegal downloads. These things aren't even the real issues. The fan is basically the same type of fan that they were 20, 30, even 40 years ago. 
The landscape has just changed a bit. Ultimately, music lovers want good music. Nothing more, nothing less. The majors want to paint a picture of gloom and doom because they don't know how to stop people from leaving their areas for the land of the indie artists and labels. The major labels think they can make you want to buy the music of the mediocre artists who populate their rosters. And when they don't, in favor of the good music that music fans have always sought, they whine and moan about how terrible things are and how terrible we are for not being as dumb as they take us for. The music industry is filled with vibrant new artists, even old ones for that matter, trying to make it on their own terms, not the terms of a corporation. And the fans of these bands find them, buy their music in whatever form it might be in. They go to their shows, they tell their friends, they buy a shirt, and read and research them with the fervor of a Beatle maniac circa 1967. It's not the same as it once was, and maybe it's harder for fans to find good music than it once was, and harder for good artists to make it than it once was. Maybe or maybe not. In the end, though, it all comes down to this. Good music fans will always find good music and vice versa. The whining of the major label music execs is about as useful as the static in between radio stations, while the truth is as clear as a 50,000 watt powerhouse. Let that resonate with you for a while. For Fundamental Tracks, I'm Andy Pulliam. Thanks for listening to Fundamental Tracks, a production of Fundamental Records. Visit them online at fundamentalrecords.com. Senior producer for Fundamental Tracks is Tim White, national producer Andy Pulliam, writers Joe Nichols, Alex and Sierra, and Andy Pulliam. I'm Ingrid Lasowskis. Fundamental Tracks is produced and recorded from the studios of the Illinois Center for Broadcasting, where broadcasting careers begin. Log on to beonair.com for more information. Tune in next time for more of the best of music outside the mainstream.